Welcome to Neighborhood Nutrition, a podcast focused on providing you with information about how to make healthy choices that fit into your life and highlighting community partners across Michigan. Join nutrition instructors Cody and Jax for new episodes. Welcome back to the neighborhood. We're here for another episode of Neighborhood Nutrition. As always, I'm your host, Jax, just a regular old mom, working, living, gardening out of Detroit, Michigan. Hey everyone, Cody here, your favorite northern youper, an avid gardener and outdoorsman. And Cody, outdoorsman, speaking of that, we've got some fun stuff lined up for today, don't we? Uh, We're talking about vegetables and farm to table. I know myself and Jax both run quite the garden, and I was just kind of bragging up all the stuff that I had going. And then I seen Jax's spread, and she's got pretty much everything you'd need. And she was telling me about some unique species that she's been growing. You know, so... Let's get right into the good stuff here. I was snacking on some, well, Cody, you mentioned a nice Roma tomato. And so I went and got some some ground cherries to snack on. Now, if you have never heard of ground cherries, they're great. Think of a cross between a berry and a tomato, but it's encompassed in a husk. Now, fun fact, and I was telling this to Cody a few minutes ago. We have some species of vegetables and fruits that are just going to be gone in a few years, right? They're not sold commercially. And so without us, like, you know, home home gardeners like me and Cody, without a couple of these farmers, we're going to lose a lot of these native fruits. Uh, and ground cherries are actually native to Michigan. So that's pretty cool, right? So we've got to keep some of these things alive. So prime example of what our topic is today, right, Cody? Yeah, I think you're right in line there, Jack. But uh, our topic for this week is certainly going to be farm to table. And that will, of course, incorporate a lot of fruits and veggies. And uh, as you can see, me and Jack's are pretty excited about especially the veggie portion. Oh, yeah. I think farm to table has become super popular in the past few years with kind of, you know, the the big sustainability boost, um, especially here in Michigan. So let's talk about what actually is farm to table. If, If you don't know, we're here to tell you. So, Cody, what do you think about when we say farm to table? Well, my personal definition is just getting a little bit more in touch with your food and kind of where it comes from. So we all see that vast spread of things at the grocery store. And maybe sometimes you know what it is and where it came from, but other times you're kind of out of touch. So I think it's always good that you can really see the entire lifespan of some of the food you grow and uh, being active in your own communities and especially farmers markets is a great way to do that. Yeah, farm to table is pretty awesome. So basically, you know, farm to table is exactly what it is. I don't think we could have an easier definition you know, come from a phrase. It's literally taking stuff from the farm to your table. And it's a great thing to do because like Cody said, it kind of benefits us, right? We get to see the entire grand scheme of things from working with the soil. Notice I said soil and not dirt, right? So soil's got the good stuff. We got some nutrients in there that we need to grow stuff. Uh, but we get to see that whole life cycle from seed to uh, you know, creating a flower and having some fruit come from that. 
Um, but farm to table does look a little bit different depending on where we're at, right? So even in Michigan, farm to table looks a little bit different. I'm down here in, in Detroit and Cody's up in the upper peninsula there right off of a lake. So you guys do this cool thing too, right? Yes, we do, Jax. I'm, I'm glad you asked. I was going to segment into that as well. So we do have our fair share of farm fields and areas to grow up here, but I'm sure that most of you know that as further you go north, you get more water and you get more trees. So it's hard to grow much food off of a tree, but luckily there's a lot more in the water. And since most of our towns up here in our larger cities border Lake Superior and the St. Mary's waterway, we do a unique program with our Sea Grant educator called Boat to School. So it's kind of like farm to table, only when we eat locally sourced fish, you get to learn the entire food system of how fish is collected, processed, and how it actually winds up in your grocery stores or especially on your table. Right, so another kind of version of taking what's local to you, um, what's in good abundance in your in your area, right? Because think about it, even in Michigan, we've got a couple of different, you know, I don't want to say climates, but climates, right? Like Cody said, up north, we've got a lot more trees. Uh, down here in kind of middle Michigan, too, there's a lot of fields. You know, Michigan is famous for a lot of different crops, uh, if we think about it. Uh, so when we think about farm to table, you know, how can we support this movement, Cody? Um, the best way to support your farm to table or especially your local markets is to stay local. You know, instead of outsourcing some of those items that you could find, you know, maybe everywhere, if you have to go the extra step and find a local market from someone producing food near you. Farm to table seems super easy, right? But we got to make sure that we support these initiatives. So let's think about how we can do that. One way we can do that is supporting restaurants that are using local places. Now, Cody, I don't know what you got going up there, but up here, like I said, in Detroit, it's been a really big movement. And so I'm not promoting anything, but uh, you can find some really good restaurants like <clears throat> Coriander Kitchen or <clears throat> Folks Restaurant around here in Detroit. And they're basically growing and serving. Uh, and so they might not have, you know, the same menu items every day, but you're getting the freshest stuff that they have available. So another way that we could support would be like local farmers markets, right? Cody, I'm sure you've heard about like Eastern market down here, right? Yes, I have. I've, and I'm quite jealous of the larger markets you have <laughs> down there. We do have a handful of really nice ones up here, but I hear you have quite the selection down there. Well, with our you know, kind of growing being different down here versus upstate, I'm curious what kind of markets you got up there. Uh, sometimes you get some of the best stuff from the smaller markets, right? Uh, so speaking of smaller markets, we actually have a special guest with us today. Meet my pal Chandra. She is from the Mixer Farm Market. And we're going to talk about what she's doing down here in the Detroit area to help with the farm to market initiatives. All right, friends, welcome back. Uh, as promised, 
We are talking all about farm to table today, and so I brought a really special guest with us. Uh, and I actually know our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. You may have heard me reference Master Gardening. And so Master Gardening is a great program that Michigan State University Extension uh, has the honor of facilitating. And I have the honor of actually sitting in front of our special guest when I took this class back in, uh, I think, was it 2019, Chandra? It was. It was right before the pandemic. Right. Okay. So uh, welcome to their podcast here from the Mixter Market Stand. I have Chandra Bonno. Chandra, talk to us about the Mixter Market Stand. Um, and so our topic is the farm to table. And so she's got a super cool kind of program that's going on here downriver in Michigan. I am a teacher for a program in Lincoln Park called Mixter Institute of Transition. We're a post-secondary program for students with autism. We teach students um, ages 18 through 26 vocational and daily living skills through the P Lincoln Park Public Schools. There was no horticulture program before you started? That's correct. Okay, so you decided that you wanted to start this program. I did about four or five years ago and behind our school there was nothing but a field and then in less than one year we had 19 raised beds featuring an assortment of vegetables, a pumpkin patch, rows and rows of tomatoes. Our students built a beautiful split rail fence around the garden and within the premises we also included a sensory garden to increase that take a break for our students that really needed. That was, was this all done? In one year? This was done wow. in one year. We've really expanded it. Uh, currently, we have about 30 beds, a large hoop house. Uh, in the winter, we have hinge low tunnels um, above some of our raised beds. We even have an orchard. And this last spring, we put in a, a really cute, attractive shed. I like to call it a she shed, but it's yeah. really just for students, uh, those organizational skills and how to take care of your gardening tools. Okay, so this is like amazing. I'm sure our listeners are like, yeah. you know, mind blown right now because I know when I first kind of heard you talking about this in class, I was like, this is a great thing. First of all, um, you're working with students. So this is entirely student able, right? So this is That's run it. by students. Um, They've been part of the project since day one, even, um, you know, back at, you know, four or five years ago, they, they had a vision and we kind of collaborated and worked together and researched and kind of came up with the gardens and they, again, were just part of the, pro part of the project. Okay, so I, I can see that this came together so quickly, but I mean, it did. First, it was first year you said 19 beds and yeah. uh, that's, I mean, I have six or seven beds in my backyard and that's overwhelming oh, that's for me. Amazing. Uh, so why was this important for you? Like is farm to table something that you like? Is horticulture something you're interested? Why was it important to you to kind of bring this to Mixer? Well, I had a vision that the Mixter Horticulture Program would have, um, you, know, ac you know, all of our students would have access to materials and programs to develop 
um, some of, you know, so that they can gain skills in horticulture and maybe get a job one day at maybe, you know, the garden section at Lowe's or, you know, Menards or one of the urban gardens that we potentially work with. Um, my mission was to develop a program to allow for each student to gain those functional and social independent skills. And again, I would love to see uh, any of our students take what they learn in my class and get a job one day. That is the goal. Awesome. So not only are we helping to equip our, our, our community with some skills for their life, um, we're kind of imparting uh, some life lessons, right? Because they've got to do organization. Um, and then there's, there's a lot that goes into gardening, right? I mean, you and I know this. I'm sure yeah. you've got listeners out there that, that garden too. And so what are some of the tasks that these students are doing? What are, what are their, their functions in the garden? You said it's all student run. It's, yeah, so I just think it's important to keep um, the garden going for you know job readiness skills. Um, gardening can be such a positive effect on our students, especially those with autism. Um, you know, they're building science, math, problem skills problem-solving skills, as well as, you know, focusing on, you know, the attention of the garden. It's this, it's just a stressed relief, even for me. Yeah. I just think it's, it's a significant um, activity. And they're able to learn how to take care of the garden, which means they can, you know, generalize that into, you know, taking care of their homes or their future homes or, you know, the, the homes that they, you know, live in now. Okay. So, when it comes to um like tasks and whatnot you know weeding and watering is somebody directing them to do this or have they now just gotten a routine of the of the garden they know like you know if i see a weed i have to pull it i water it on monday at 8 a.m is there a schedule that's set up here there is a schedule but um it also depends on how many times i've taken my class some some students are new to the program. Some students um, have had it a couple semesters. Some uh, have had it once, you know, a couple years ago. And, you know, we have these transition plans. And if their transition plans indicate that they are interested in gardening, then they'll take my class a little more. So it really is student focused. So it just depends on each student. I have students that can go into the garden and know exactly what to do. And then some need a checklist. Some need visuals. Some need okay. direct prompts. Okay, so basically, you're you're meeting every individual student where they are, and finding exactly. out what works for them. That's great. That's awesome. I love that gardening can be such a thing that brings everybody together, regardless of where you are. Gardening wow. can meet you, right? Yes. Yeah. There is they can have some there. commonality. Yes, there's a bond in our garden too, even with staff and students. You know, if another class it could be any other class uh for example has free time i notice they come into the gardens and you know they they smell and they relax and we've even had some yoga in the garden um i just oh, think man. i need I an invite to the yoga in the garden you are more than welcome thank you <laughs> uh speaking of inviting myself uh, I, I, I did, I did see that not too long ago, you guys were looking for volunteers. Yeah. So we're always looking for volunteers. Uh, so 
We are a master gardening uh, approved project through MSU. Let me let uh, our listeners know what that means here. Master gardeners um, are community volunteers, really. A lot of people do this class for personal knowledge, but a lot of us just like to show everybody that gardening can be a common bond between people. And so what Chandra means when she says it's an MSU approved project, that means that we have kind of, MSU has kind of scoped this place out um, and it has great potential for volunteer opportunities. And so these master gardeners are required to do extended education hours just to make sure that they're up, you know, on their info, but also uh, they're required to do a certain amount of volunteer hours too, just to make sure that we are present in this community. Uh, So if master gardening is something that you're interested in, go ahead and look that up on MSU's website and know that if, you know, Chandra sounds like somebody you would like to meet, I promise you she's a heck of a good time. Um, (laughs) Mixer Garden is a great place to kind of throw some volunteer hours. It's an approved project, right? Go ahead, Chandra, what else? Yeah, so we we have actually had some uh, Master Gardeners from our class come to our gardens, even in the winter, to help out. You know, it, you know, there is so much to do in the garden, especially in the summer. You know, yeah. the, there has been times where the garden has kind of looked like an Amazon. And <laughs> we've had to have our, our students and our volunteers and parents just come in and help out with, you know, weeding. Weeding is a huge part of, you know, keeping our gardens upkeep. They don't have to be. Uh, so if we got somebody listening right now that's in the area and they're like, man, this sounds like a lot of fun, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Is there a process for them to go through to become a volunteer with Mixter? Yeah, so they could just email me and we'll just have to do a quick uh, background check. Okay, so not something super crazy, people. You can get out here. You can, and we'll have Chandra's contact information at the end of our our uh, podcast today. We'll have it in our show notes, and um, we'll grab her info right before she leaves us for the day. Uh, so, Mixer. What I've gotten so far is that Mixer is great for the kids. It's great for the school. Um, and you rattled off a couple of numbers that were incredible. First year you had 19 beds. Now you're over 30 beds. So tell us a couple of the things that are, are growing. What is kind of like the biggest thing that you grow? Yeah, the Mixter Market Stand, again, is a student-ran farmer's market. We're typically open on Fridays for Fresh Farm Fridays um, or special events, like if we have you know, something going on with the school that we can showcase our students and what they grow and what they do and what they make. Chandra just dropped a bomb on you. The Mixer <laughs> Horticulture Program and Gardens actually has a market stand. So the stuff that they grow, they actually sell and it's available for us on Fridays. So the Typically stuff- on Fridays, yes. Yeah. Okay. When harvest is plenty, um, plentiful, we will be open more. And I usually will post that on our Facebook page just so that I can let the community know what's going on and what kind of updates that we have. But going back to your question about you know what we grow, it really depends on uh, the season and what has been donated to us. So as far as veggies, we offer a ton of leafy greens and we usually sell them in 
bundles, uh, fresh herbs, dried herbs, uh, fresh lavender, tomato, zucchini, squash, garlic, eggplant, corn, carrots, and a variety of herbs. It just, again, it depends. We do donate a lot to Lincoln Park community members in need, families, meals on wheels. So a lot of it is donated to people who need them. But not only do we just sell vegetables or donate vegetables, we also make products from our garden. I like to call them our mixed or made products. I love it. Yeah, so we've made lavender soap, lavender candles, um, other products made from herbs. Uh, Lavender sachets are very um, popular. Seed bombs, we've had garlic and parsley salt. We even had a class once make marinara sauce. And it was delicious from all the tomatoes that were um, being produced in the garden. Salsa. Um, some of our pumpkins have been made into decorative pumpkins for your porch, and we would sell those in the market stand. Which is great, right? Because when we're talking farm to market, it really depends on seasons and what's growing and what's going to be the best. Um, so I really like that you guys are kind of catering to that pumpkins are going to be ready in the fall so we're making fall products and i love it um and so if somebody wants to shop at the market stand what kind of payments do you guys take we take cash we take checks made to um lpps lincoln park public schools Uh, we also just recently have a paypal account and a square and I have yet to figure that out but uh, by (laughs) fall I will have that ready for you. (laughs) Technology I'm telling you Um, and I think we will be able to update these show notes so if you guys are listening to this podcast and it's a little bit further past when we've released this check the show notes we will have all the information that we can get from Chandra down in there. so and all of our proceeds benefit all of our students at Mixer. I love it, right? Because you said checks are made out to the public schools. And so yeah. that that ties in with uh Mixer being part of LPPS. Um yeah. so I just want to backtrack a little bit more. Um okay. We said 30 beds now, because I'm still astounded at a lot of these numbers. You well, said you have 30, 30 beds and now I remember back in 2019, you were talking about maybe having a hoop house, but now you said you have hoop houses? We have a hoop house. Yes, we do. So it extends our gardening season for the entire year. So we're out gardening in January, February, and when it's snowing, we're still gardening. I love it. Okay. So basically we have no excuse not to come and help out Mixer, right? It's not, just this, it's not just a summer volunteer opportunity. We can get people in here uh, January through December. Um, so I love it. So Chandra, I just want to thank you for um, taking time out of life and dropping in with me. Um, I will tell you, before I met you, even with me being into gardening, I had never heard of Mixter. I had never heard, I go into public schools. I'd never heard of the school. I'd never heard of the garden. I'd never heard of the market. So not only are, are we building a connection through community and through the stand, but the community gets to see what Mixter is all about. And people get to come see and meet our growers and our students. 
And for people that aren't really into like the farm to table aspect, I think this is a great little introduction, right? Because they get to see where that market is and the garden that grew it right behind it, right? I'm assuming that yeah, that right. market's not far from the garden. Uh, the market is in the front of the building. The gardens are in the back. See, back back of the house. It's great. It's coming straight from the back of the house to the front of the yard. Um, so does Mixer have any uh, kind of more upgrades in the future? Like how big are you seeing this go? You've got 30 beds and hoop houses. I do think it's important to keep expanding for the sake of the students. Um, just being able to teach where food comes from and having that connection to me is priceless. As of now, I am probably just going to maintain and the students and I obviously will maintain what we have now and in the future, we'll, we will definitely expand. Maybe with more beds, maybe with a greenhouse, maybe I can write a grant for a, a greenhouse. Uh, I.e. my listeners, if anybody wants to donate a free greenhouse, <laughs> we will have Chandra's information in the show notes, people. I'll gladly take it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Chandra, real quick, um, drop the Facebook, because I think you mentioned Facebook a couple of times. Where can they find you to make sure that they're um, keeping up with any announcements for the market, volunteer hours? Well, I would love for all of your listeners to follow us on Facebook. So we are Mixter Garden slash Market Stand ASD post-secondary. If you type that in, it comes right up. Or you can email me at chandra.bano at lpps.info. And I will have the correct spelling for that in the show notes. But Shandra, go ahead and drop it one more time for them with the correct spelling. Chandra is spelled C-H-A-N-D-R-A dot Bono, B-O-N-N-A-U at L-P-P-S dot info. Awesome. All right, Chandra, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. It was a pleasure um, getting to catch up with you because I haven't been able to catch up with you since we graduated. So yeah, keep us in mind if ever you want to drop by and say hi to the listeners. I'd love that. Keep us updated with what Mixter is doing. uh, I I think it's great. My listeners are going to think it's great. Um, And with that, we're going to let you get back to gardening. Thank you. My own garden right now, but... (laughs) Yeah, I better get out of mine too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there's other ways to support your local food systems and farm to table. Uh, other than the your restaurants and local growers, you can even reverse that around and just go ahead and support yourself. And one of the best ways of doing that is to grow your own garden and try growing your own fruits and vegetables for you and your families to enjoy. Jax, I hear you're pretty good at this. What do you know about gardening? Listen, if you guys could see my face, I am smiling over here, man. Okay. Garden to table is where it's at, people. Garden to table. I mean, you know, we cut to the commercial break a few minutes ago, and I was chomping on some of these black cherry tomatoes, right? So gardening to table, 
the taste is just so much better isn't it cody like you might not even like tomatoes before you garden absolutely it's one of the great transition transition ones especially if your children are a little bit reluctant to try new things have them try a garden fresh fruit or a garden fruit vegetable and a lot of times the flavor is way better than store-bought ones and then you know they might not even going on to liking them so try your own fruits and vegetables they're delicious right and so gardening to table can be super inexpensive too right i mean there's not much that you need besides some seeds some soil uh what are some other things that you keep on hand to help out with gardening um well up here Jax, it's it stays cold for a fairly long time so you know if you could start them indoors or get them out of the harsh weather to get them started up here for our short growing seasons that's really advantageous I mean, you don't technically have to. There are some species that you can grow with a 30 to 60 day period. But um, if you got those longer ones, like those delicious tomatoes we were talking about, or even certain varieties of peppers, you're going to want to start them a little sooner. So any tools you can get for that, grow lights, heating pads, anything to save them from those harsh conditions. Right. And so Cody mentioned a couple of extra things there that might cost a couple of bucks out of pocket, but there's resources available. So I know down here we have things like uh, Keep Growing Detroit that's got, you know, a garden resource program and uh, they have like online classes you can do and uh, families and community gardens, they can um, pay like 15 or 20 bucks for a year and they get supplies of seeds and transplants. And so if you guys are new to gardening, transplants are kind of what Cody was talking about with starting seeds indoors. So you basically have a little plant and then you just transplant that into the ground. We can actually use snap dollars to go towards the purchases of seeds and transplants. So if this sounds good, go back and watch some of these YouTube videos. Uh, MSU Extension, like we said, has got a hotline. We'll have that info for you down in the show notes. Um, and check out some of the classes and stuff that they've got going. Like we said, it's really inexpensive, right? If you can get some uh, reduced price seeds and transplants, growing them is so much cheaper you know, things like tomatoes and peppers and lettuce, so much cheaper to grow it than buy it. I don't know if you guys have seen these prices in grocery stores. They can get crazy. Growing it is certainly the best way to do that. Like we said, all that information from growing to resources to management, you can find that all through MSU and Extension. I mean, we have every source of media you can think of. You can call us, you can email us, or you can take some of our local classes and learn a little bit more as well. Right. Shameless plug, we do have a Master Gardener program. <laughs> yes, we do. And an even second added benefit of doing your own gardening, as most of you already know, if you have your own garden, it's a little bit of physical activity as well. You get some cardio, you get sweating, and you're certainly picking up some heavy things and hopefully some ripe fruits and veggies when you're done. So that's an added benefit. So yeah, so it's not just good for our wallets, right? It's good for our, our bodies and our minds too. So farm to table people, it's where it's at. We told you this was a good topic for today. I'm sure all of you have also heard the direct nutritional benefits of fruits and veggies. So we know growing it's good. We know supporting people who grow it's good. But what about what it does for your own body from what's actually in there? Almost all fruits and veggies as a whole are high in fiber. 
which of course is a great thing for complex carbohydrates and really good for your metabolism. Uh, we also know some other effects of fiber that are good for our metabolism, but we don't need to go into <laughs> full detail on that. And one of the best sources of vitamin mineral, vitamins and minerals that there are and are certainly low in natural fat. Yeah, low, low in sugar for the most part too, right? And at least it's natural sugar. Uh, so we are trying to eat the rainbow, right, Cody? So yes, we are good stuff there. So we say to eat the rainbow because we want people to have a variety of fruits and vegetables. We know that all fruits and veggies are good for us, but if all you ever eat is bananas, you're going to get a lot of what's in the bananas and a, not a whole lot of what's in anything else. So you mean I can't just live off bananas? <laughs> my son would argue that you could, but my daughter too. <laughs> the best way to do it is to get a good variety. And of course, with kids, what they can see and smell is a great way to do it. So we tell them to eat the rainbow because in all actual reality, every color, different color of fruits and veggies have a certain nutrient profile that's a little bit different. So from our red stuff, we say is good for our heart. It has a lot of potassium in there, which is, of course, great for balancing out sodium, which we all probably get too much of. And uh, orange, you can yeah. always think of your eyes and your senses because with that, carrots, that is going to help your night vision out. It's got a lot of vitamin A in there. It's really good for your eyes. What else? Uh, well, so blue and purple, my favorite color, does help with memory. So I remember starting here at MSU six, seven years ago. Uh, and one of my colleagues was like, eat blueberries. It's good for your memory. And I remembered that. <laughs> so I guess all of the blueberries uh, did pay off. And so another shameless plug farm to table blueberries are a really big crop in michigan so blue and purple for your memories um white and yellow so cody talked about bananas right so we are helping our immune system so kind of our whole body fighting some stuff off um what about green now there's so many vegetables they got green yes when we think of plants we think of green and it's also good for money as well. But we say, I think there's nothing that can't be cured with some dark leafy greens. And that's because they just contain a lot of calcium and other vitamins that are really important to us. And it's easy to get them because most of them are green, at least at one point in their life. Yeah. So uh, it's actually super easy to, to do a good mix, right? So we need to have like five cups of this stuff a day. Okay, so that's three cups of vegetables, two cups of fruit. It's actually not so hard to do, right? Like I said, I was snacking on some black cherry tomatoes and some ground cherries. Uh, and so use that stuff as a snack. Don't just wait for a meal. Uh, have that stuff ready, hanging around so you can pop open the fridge and, you know, grab, grab a cup of little baby cherry tomatoes. That's right. Yeah, you can get a, almost a full serving from many whole fruits and veggies because um, when we grow them, we like to let them get to full size and uh, most of them are about a cup anyway. So if you have some True. leafy greens yeah. as well, you think about all that airspace in between there, it's not that hard to do. Now, I mentioned eating these as a snack, right? But 
you can do some really simple, quick recipes uh, with all of these fruits and vegetables too, right? So I know at least one of the staple recipes in my household, and not just because I have, you know, Hispanic background, but because I always have vegetables hanging around are quesadillas because you can put anything between a tortilla with some cheese and it makes it taste amazing. Agree or no? Oh, I completely agree with you, Jax. I like to make mine with a little bit of shredded zucchini in there. I feel like if there's any vegetable that does not get used enough, it's probably the squash family. So you're talking yellow squash, zucchini. You get a giant one from your friend at the farmer's market and you have no clue what to do with it. Well, shred it up and put it in some quesadillas. It's fantastic. Like Jack says, don't forget a little Monterey Jack cheese in there and uh, it'll taste great. And then pro tip, Cody, I don't know about you because you said, you know, you get a giant zucchini, but I've been growing like monster tomatoes and eggplants and things too. And so remember guys to keep your scraps. If you don't, you know, finish a whole tomato, chop that up, put it in there. At the end of the week, make a bunch of quesadillas with all these little pieces of leftover veggies. Again, it's good for your wallet, right? If you don't use food, you waste food, which means we wasted money and nobody likes that. And another quick tip right before you eat those fresh veggies is make sure that you rinse those off. We don't need any soap because their skin is kind of porous like ours. So just water will do. You never know if there could be dirt or something even worse on there. So give them a rinse. Gave them a lot of information this week. Uh, So check out our recipe. Uh, And so what do we have going on next week? This is your episode next week, right? Yeah, I guess you might say that. So I'm a little bit more of a physical activity person than a nutritionist. So we're going to take a break from the food groups next week and we're going to get into physical activity. Um, We're going to try to cover as much as we can. We got exercises, we got ideas, and we just got general ways to increase your physical activity. And if there's something else that you guys want to know about or that you want us to know about or that you have any questions about, make sure to go into our survey in the show notes as well. We realize this was kind of condensed episode and any other edit information you need should be down there for you. All right. So like Cody said, there's a survey down there. If you got feedback or questions or even topics, if you got a good topic you think we should cover, give us some info. Let us know. Uh, speaking of info, we got a couple of other ways for you to get a hold of some more information from us. Uh, if you're looking for some family stuff, check out our Michigan State University Extension FNUT page. Uh, we're on Facebook too. Or check out our main page on most of our social medias. Our main page is going to be My Health Matters. That is MI Health Matters. So My Health Matters because your health matters, right? Our health matters. And uh, that's pretty much all we got for you today, right? Cody? Yep. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week around the neighborhood. Neighborhood Nutrition is a part of educational media from Michigan State University Extension. The Neighborhood Nutrition team is made up of Lene Baum, Jax Christian, Cody McLaren, Tammy Fletcher, and Aaron Powell. This episode was produced and edited by Lene Bump. Content was written and edited by Lene Bump, Jax Christian, Cody McLaren, and Tammy Fletcher. Our music is Happy Funky Background Energetic Music IG Version 60s by Les FM, Play-Doh Meets Dora by Cameron Maria and Adu Espinal, and Upbeat Ukulele by Les FM, procured from pixabay.com. 
The cover art was created by Lene Bum. Image from Jane Rappin. Special thanks to Chandra Bono for joining us. This podcast was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, otherwise known as SNAP, and by the USDA's Expanded Food and Nutrition Education Program, otherwise known as FNAP. MSU is an affirmative action, equal opportunity employer committed to achieving excellence through a diverse workforce and inclusive culture that encourages all people to reach their full potential. Michigan State University Extension programs and materials are open to all without regard to race, color, national origin, gender, gender identity, religion, age, height, weight, disability, political beliefs, sexual orientation, marital status, family status, or veteran status. Issued in furtherance of MSU Extension work, acts of May 8th and June 30th, 1914, in cooperation with the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Quentin Tyler, Director, MSU Extension, East Lansing, Michigan, 48824. This information is for educational purposes only, Reference to commercial products or trade names does not imply endorsement by MSU Extension or bias against those not mentioned.